Welcome to Season 2 of Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who think differently and want to explore ideas and topics relevant to all areas of their life. Hi, Life Reframers. This is Episode 10, and today we're going to be talking about embracing generational differences. Hi, Sandy. How are you? I'm good, Joanne. I am embracing your generation today. Because <laughs> you're letting me lead off, hey? <laughs> exactly, exactly. As we sit here, Sandy and I often talk about generations and I was delivering a course the other day on generations and it was just fascinating delving into the information. And as we sit here now, Sandy and I, we represent two different generations. And in fact, in light of new research, um, Sandy straddles my generation and the baby boomer generation. So more will be revealed soon. Basically, we want to talk about generations because wherever you are, you will be interacting with people from different generations. I mean, the workforce is transforming today. There could be, I know Ashley has uh, five generations in his workforce. And people used to think it was four, but now today people are working longer. So you could have up to five generations in your workforce and, and in your lives. You know, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, and then the children coming along. But before I get into that, Sandy, I just want to say we are discussing generations and we are going to be generalizing about generations. But we need to remember, just like any personality profiling that we've, we've discussed, everyone is unique. And not every generalization is universal. And in understanding generations, really we want the goal to be understanding uh, patterns, thoughts, and attitudes that inform and influence the way we behave. And some people from different generations don't necessarily align with some of the values or the thoughts or the patterns of behavior of that generation. And that's okay. At the end of the day, each individual gets to decide uh, where they belong and if they straddle a couple or if it's a bit from here and there that is totally up to them so okay before we start there though okay. I was thinking as well that sometimes people confuse generational differences with life phases oh and, right. you know so so we're all in different life phases so you know when you are starting out in your career so you know when you're 20 you might be in the phase of life where yeah. you're in university and you know, you're just, or traveling or doing those kinds of things. And you don't have a mortgage. You don't have some of the responsibilities that other people have. We all tend to pass through, I think anyway, the same kind of life phases. Like most people get into um, their twenties and then they find a partner and then they get move in or get married, cohabitate, whatever. And then maybe buy a house or now, you know, quite often it's buy a house, have kids, then get married, whatever it is, people have certain phases of life that they pass through or most people do or a lot of people do and that's not the same thing as generational differences so generational differences have more to do with the cultural influences of the time that you grew up in 
right? That's right. Yep, that are foundational to the development. That's really important. I know some people go, oh my gosh, look at these 20-something-year-olds. Well, gosh, I kind of sit back and go, hey, when I was 20-something, I thought I could change the world too. You know? exactly, like, exactly. I was pretty entitled. I knew what I wanted and where, how I needed to get it and I asked for it. And it's a really good point. And why are we discussing this? Because it, just any type of understanding will help us improve relationships. And I know, I mean, Sandy and I from, from different generations. I know I have friends who are from different generations and it's really fascinating just to, to talk and get different opinions and and some insight into their thoughts, whether it's about phase of phase of development or uh, generational time and what's important to them. So we're going to talk about my generation to start with, because this is new for me. You just introduced me to this Generation Jones. So I fall into the end of the baby boomers. And so that's a big generation. And I've never really felt quite like I fit into it. And then you introduce this Generation Jones idea to me, which makes more sense to me because I didn't have the same experiences that someone who was born in the 40s did, which is the beginning of the baby boomer generation. So can you tell me a little bit about Generation Jones? Because you are the expert Mm. on it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I I think what we're noticing, well, certainly what I've found from research is that the generations are going to be getting, in terms of when you talk about years that they are born, they're going to be getting smaller and smaller. If we start, okay, if we go back and start with the, the what we'd call the mature or the traditional generation, and these are arbitrary dates, you know, around born between the 1920s to mid-1940s, and then comes the baby boomers born between mid-1940s, 1945 to 1959, um, which is, you know, not quite 15 years. But that is a, when you think about it, Sandy, like, that's a huge span of time in terms of things going on in the world and cultural differences and and values and beliefs that happen during the time when, when people are born. That's a, a really long time. And then there's the uh, Gen X, born be- between uh, so 1960 and 1979. So that's even even bigger span, tw- nearly 20 years. So that's kind of the traditional research. And then more recent research has actually named a generation, Generation Jones, which straddles the end of the baby boomers and the beginning of the Gen X. And so what is there, 10 years difference between, 12 years or something difference between us? Mm -hmm. Um, Something. Yeah, something. (laughs) You'd rather go with the something. Um, And so that Generation Jones does straddle those two generations. Why are they called Generation Jones? Because it was a time when their parents were feeling like they needed to keep up with the Joneses. And so that's kind of the time when you were born and what was important was keeping up with the Joneses. And and what I love, which I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is definitely Sandy, is your early adopters of technology. I mean, Sandy, you must get so many frustrations when I can't use Google Drive. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to get into it. I forgot my password. How do I? It took me 30 minutes to try and upload a document yesterday because I don't use it all the time. <laughs> And I'm like, that is Sandy. And they're a bit more sceptical about work versus personal life. 
baby boomers are, are kind of going to work to the nth degree, whereas Generation Jones are a bit like, mm, maybe not, maybe not. I found it really fascinating and I thought, yep, this is totally Sandy. So you're referred to as late boomers or early adopters of the Gen X. Wow. So I find that really fascinating as well because Brian and I both kind of resented a little bit being lumped into the baby boomer category because a lot of baby boomers came of age during a time when they were able to experience like great affluence, like mm. post-war housing prices were low. They were got their education, got into the workplace, got great jobs, got big houses for a good price and were really set. And then we were like at the end of that and we were like, no, that wasn't what it was like at all. <laughs> you know, for us, we were like buying our first house when interest rates in Toronto were like 18% or something ridiculous. It was mm -hmm. crazy. And housing prices were going up because there were so many people buying and it was not a time when, you know, their jobs were not easy to come by and it wasn't the same. And so we were, we'd always hear that research around baby boomers and go, what happened to us? So mm. you said late boomers. We always call ourselves late bloomers. <laughs> oh, I love it. And, and that's what the research is saying, that there's certain cohorts so if we use cohort in, in, instead of generations there's certain cohorts who aren't aligned with some of the more traditional research around generations i mean who's the most over-researched generation in history is the millennials the poor old millennials the millennial group is now starting to to splinter off into two different types of cohorts because there's some millennials who kind of look at other millennials and goes yeah i don't quite align with with your values and what you feel is important Apple and Microsoft were the result of Jen Jones's not willing to wait. I feel like this is where kind of entrepreneurship started to foster just a bucking of the trend a little bit around technology, bucking of the more traditional way. And that's totally you, Sandy. Uh, anyway, no. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. When you look at Apple and Microsoft, they were developed by, you know, people from Generation Jones. Yeah, for sure. And they're not, a, not afraid to be a little bit more entrepreneurial and really pave the way for Gen Xs to start voicing their opinion about things that they disagree with. And I think also your generation was all about, whereas baby boomers, it, um, hierarchy and status and climbing the ladder was very important, uh, whereas the late bloomers, as you like to call them, <laughs> like not, not so much, right? Not, not so much important. So I think our cohorts are going to get smaller. I don't know what you feel, Sandy. I feel like 10 years is a good type of time, like a cohort type. And I guess it depends what happens in the world at that time. I, I think so. And especially, you know, with technology accelerating the way things change in our world, I feel like 10 years, in 10 years, your experience is radically different from the 10 years prior to you. Mm -hmm. You know, when I look at my nephew who's 13 and compare him to my kid my my kids well my son's 30 now but my daughter's in her 20s and I think wow mm -hmm. his like education everything is very different from theirs and you know they're they're a bit more than 10 years apart but I I just think that 10 years is probably now um the the biggest a generation could be mm. yeah 
Yeah, and things that are that were you know, going on uh, in the times really impact you. And technology is going to be a huge component of that and our generations as we go into the future. So I want to talk about my generation now. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about your generation it's too. It's all about me. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, generalizations is that Gen Xers do have a bit more of an entrepreneurial spirit and therefore a, di- a bit of a different perspective on the world and don't rely necessarily on institutions for their long-term security. And when I think about me, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's totally me. When I remember telling Ashley's parents when we were leaving Australia and they are in the traditional generation and they were like aghast, Um. I remember telling my mum when we were leaving Australia, she's in the, she's a boomer, and she was a little bit more open to it for sure. She's like, oh, yeah, go and explore. Actually, she's probably more of a Jones. Um, so go and explore. So and then and, and learning about this just kind of helped me realise, okay, yeah, I could see where his parents were coming from. It was about staying with the family buying the house, buying the picket fence, moving up and having that job security. Whereas for Gen X, like we want to get out there and we want to explore. We, we want to learn as much as we can out there. So, And loyalty to companies doesn't have the same value as it may be to previous generations. Oh, I see that in my parents. So they're Gen, what is the, the first one? The generational, mature, uh, traditional just, generation. Yeah. So that would be my parents as well. And they would definitely be, so my dad worked for the same company, retired there, you know, retired with a pension, um, very much that they, you know, watch the same news program every night. And they couldn't believe that Brian and I would sell our suburban home and move into a city that is, you know, in the, in the middle of gentrification and, leave like that nice suburban lifestyle to do something different because for them, they, they really want uh, stability, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, they really have their faith in real estate for sure, you know, is a big value for them owning a home mm. and yeah, it's just very different. Mm. Yeah, we, uh, Gen X has started pushing against the work, work, work ethic, and I can totally, I mean, that's definitely a representation of me. Okay, so Generation Jones, you guys have, which, you guys have the highest buying capacity at this point in time, because you're a large group in the workforce, and you're fairly established, and you've got money. You've got money. And then, of course, yeah. (laughs) Theoretically, no, I'm just Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, comes the Gen Xs. And so because many people, if they're in corporate Canada or corporate wherever you are, have those leadership positions but followed very closely by some of the Gen Xs. And, I, and again, I look at Ashley and when he was promoted to manager, he was the only one, only Gen X in the management group. Wow. Everyone else was in another generational group. Generation X cohort over the next kind of 10 plus years is going to be stepping into these senior leadership positions once the boomers and the Joneses uh, move on. But then if they move on, right, because people can work up into their 70s however long they want, basically. So 
Yeah, yeah. it's going to be uh, fascinating. But Gen Xers and totally do their research and they don't just believe p- companies because they're told they should believe it. You know, they don't have that blind trust, I guess. I could call it blind trust that our previous generations would have, you know, because they're a big company, they're a big institution, we should trust them. Right. We've learned we've learned differently. So we'll do more research, buy from or invest my money with. So that definitely is a um, a reflection of Gen X, which I see in you too, which is, again, that straddling of the Gen X and the baby boomer. Yes, definitely. So I have a question about, well, we'll get into millennials as well, but I, yeah. I do have a question about generational differences that when you were researching this, did you encounter anything in the literature you were reading about cultural differences like is this a western world thing or does this is this something global like would would other maybe developing countries would they have the same kinds of fall into the same sorts of cohorts or yeah, that's a good question. What I did, I didn't find anything specifically around that, Sandy, but what I did find that as we go down to the millennials uh, and the Gen Z, that now they, like cultural difference doesn't come into play as much, if you like. Mm. A 10-year-old in North American have just as much in common in terms of generational values and stuff as a 10-year-old in India. Because of globalization. And, exactly. And yeah, because. Yeah, because of the technology, because it's a much more connected world. So so I think, I'm no researcher on this, but I think that's where we'll see. Okay, let's, let's talk, before we continue to go into more of um, some aspects of each of the uh, generations, the main differences between generations is parenting style, which I'm sure you can attest to right. oh, I can too but we've gone from the radio as a broadcast a means of broadcast to online video we've gone from the telephone to now people video screen their calls and things and lifespan children born now can um, expect to have a longer lifespan so that is what experts say are the three fundamental aspects of generation generational differences parenting technology and lifespan right so when when you look at technology and how that has been fundamental in forming millennials gen y and even more into gen z and then i said i said in my course the other day i wonder what they're calling the next one someone said iGen, but i didn't know if apple is going to let them take the i thing or not but (laughs) (laughs) um that it makes sense. Now, now across the whole world, we're a much more connected world. So we have more of an ability to learn from and be impacted by the events that are happening in each country. It has more potential to impact everyone around the world rather than just pe- people in that particular country. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I find this fascinating. I think our listeners will, uh, you know, and I've read about this and it's not new to me, but it's just uh, there's new new information now, I think, new thinking around generational differences. So it's great. Yeah, I love... Uh, she says as a Jones, this is great. There's new information here. <laughs> yeah, but also you're very, you're open to, like you've got friends that span many generations yes. too, and you're very open to learning their perspective. Have friends with who you connect with and 
and value and learn and appreciate that. But millennials do get a bit of a bad rap. Yes, they do. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you heard about millennials? Well, I raised two. So, you know, there, there's the whole helicopter parent thing where you talked about parenting styles. So yeah. there's the impact of having parents that were maybe overly involved in their lives and to have uh, set them up to for that whole thing about being entitled and you know, everybody got, nobody was a loser, nobody failed a grade, everybody got a prize, those kinds of things. Um, so, the, you know, there's a lot of, of saying around Gen Y or millennials that they, they just grew up feeling like they were special. Mm. And that was the message that as a cohort that they received in from parents and from education, you know, they, mm-hmm. you can do anything you want. Well, maybe not. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's fascinating isn't it? because then, okay. So then we, oh, I get very excited about this. So then we look at how different research of the time, which is what we mean by generations, like the different research of the time that's impacting their growth and development. So when when your children were growing up, there was a huge investment in positive child development, probably where the positive parenting started and the make sure parents invest adequate time because before it was the latchkey kids. You get yourself home. I mean, I remember my mum was working. I just used to walk myself home and the key was under the mat and open the door and do whatever I needed to do. But but yeah, millennials are the most overprogrammed, like you say. It's unusual and, to see a kid walking to school on their own now, eh? Oh, and I, uh, it was funny because when I was back in Australia in December, my brother spoke about the boys walking to school and literally they've probably got two blocks. And I like, my heart just went, oh, I'm not sure about that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, I used to have to walk like 20 to 30 minutes to get to school and they're not even 10, like five minutes, you know, they have to cross two roads, I think. Um, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about that, me in my non-parent way. And I, <laughs> So then, of course, I got curious, right? So I asked them, like, how do you feel about, like, obviously you feel okay because you did that. And, and they, I mean, there's two of them, so that helps, but then they have a little gang of, of people that they wait on the corner for. And, you know, you just put strategies in place, which, which, which helps. And there's tons of people walking to school at the same time. But, yeah, you're right. I was kind of like, so just when you said that word, parenting strategies, my parents, that would be a foreign concept to them, right? Parenting strategies, it was like, you know, what's, what are these parenting strategies? Yeah. Like? Yeah. <laughs> just tell them no, sit down. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you just do what you're told and don't ask questions. And <laughs> Yeah, but millennials are certainly where the technology started to come in. And they started to be more aware of what was going on in the world because they're growing up with that kind of technology, economic and political environments that are going on. They're able to see. I mean, the internet was already there. I mean, the internet was developed, I don't know, when I was in my early 20s, I guess. So, so yeah, for the millennials, it was there. It was kind of how they – I mean, my nephews are learning coding. And they're, they're, they're what, nine? Coding. Yeah, they just turned 10. They're in grade four. Wow. Good it, for them. And they learn Indonesian. They've learned Indonesian since grade one. Wow. And I'm like, 
wow, that it just blows me away. But that is going to set them up for the future. Gen Y, much more open to diversity, and then Gen Z, much more open to and tolerant to diversity on top of that because I think Gen Y is where they first started connecting with the world through uh, technology. But Gen Z, I mean, everything is multiply connected. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I've read articles about the impact of technology on on young adults or teens, and it's, it's, it's a challenging place as well that they have so much available to them online and maybe not the ability to handle it all the time. Yeah. So when you look at your son, Sandy, I mean, he's got a very successful business and he told you at a pretty young age that he didn't need a, um, a school certificate or a degree or anything. And, and that's typical of millennials. They, they seek meaning and, and fulfillment in their lives rather than that kind of status, I guess, of previous generations. Yeah, they, it is about, you know, doing what they want to do versus selling out. That's how he would see it to the man, you know. Oh, selling out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'd say that anymore, but I'm sure at one point he would have put it that way. Yeah. I mean, they grew yeah. up watching movies like The Matrix, right? Yeah. Which were, you know, this whole, not a conspiracy, but, you know, just this whole thing that you can't trust what you see. So it's very interesting. And then you think, okay, so now we have all these different people working together and living together and experiencing life together. Yeah. Well, so the new one coming into the workforce is the Gen Z. And they, <laughs> with this generation, uh, technology isn't an option it's a necessity like it's a basic necessity for them and I, it brings up a number of challenges I think for people in the workforce so Gen, Gen Z is born after 1995 so the oldest yes. in that generation so, is how old now yeah 20 2021 oh so just yeah. really starting in the workplace just, yeah okay. so just so they either went they're either uh I mean what are you you're completing university or in college or in university or went straight into the workforce in some way um, or you've got them in the workforce through co-op programs and student placements and things like that so they are in the workforce for sure yeah they've been raised with this burden of fixing all the problems in the world that previous generations are leaving for them really yeah we didn't know any better that's what I tell my <laughs> kids we did the best we could sorry sorry yeah. about the mess <laughs> But I believe they are the ones who are going to change things. Yes, like, I do too. I, I I really do because, and because it's such a huge issue in the world today where they've been growing up in their formative years, they are stepping up and they are saying, hang on a minute, we've got to change the way we do things here. So yeah, very innovative, definitely not about the status quo. And they've been labeled as digital natives. I love that term. Yeah. What does that mean? Digital natives? That's how they communicate. That's how they educate themselves. That's how they work. It all There's all a certain a, a digital perspective. Um, it's all virtual. Right. Speaking to someone across the world is not a big deal. Skyping and all that. Like it's, it's, oh yeah, well how else would you do it kind of thing, you know? Yeah. 
put pen to paper? What? <laughs> so when you really think about it, Sandy, I mean, we have so many interpersonal challenges and many of them arise from just because different cohorts, we have we have different values um, and, and different beliefs and things that mean more to us but because of what was going on during the years that we were impressionable. Yeah, there is some university that every year releases a snapshot of the students coming into the university that year. So the, the, the freshmen, the first year students, I will put a link, to, I will look for that because they, they, it talks, I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it talks about things that that generation didn't know and things right. that have always been common yes. to that generation or not that generation, that class, that group. So people born in that specific year. Mm. And it's always fascinating to me because you, you just realize how different their life experience is than, than your own. And I think when you do that, you can have a little bit more understanding, empathy and compassion and, and kind of open up the conversation a bit more rather than just ju it's judgmental, which is good. However, the challenge with all of the technology is that they may lack some patience and interpersonal skills, which is going to be a huge challenge in the workforce, I think. Yes, definitely. So I want to think about this from the perspective of reframing. So we have, I mean, this is fascinating and this is the reality for mm. all of us. We have these generations that in play. So how does that kind of apply or is relevant? You know, how is that really relevant? Do you think to reframe, reframing your life and how, how we, um, how we work and live together? Yeah, I think, um, so we've spoken about some differences, but if we can just touch on some similarities as well, because I think it's important for us to know, like there are differences, of course there are, but there's also similarities. Generally, all generations in the workplace value personal growth and development, value a bit of work-life balance and synergy, value trust, and want their work to be meaningful. Mm. And we may have a slightly different definition of what that means, what each of those mean, but we still at the root cause can value some very similar things in the workplace. So I think it's about identifying people in your life who are from different generations, like reflecting on who do you have in your life? How can you appreciate what they bring as, as they're a representation of a certain generation in your family groups or your friend groups or your work groups. Yeah, I like that. I really like the idea of focusing on the commonalities or the similarities in each generation as well. Coming at it from a, as well from a strengths-based perspective, each generation has something of value to bring to the table. I would just say, is there anyone in different generations who people want to speak to, who our listeners want to speak to, just to learn more, ask people? Baby boomers and traditionals love talking about when they grew up. Well, yes. And if anybody wants to take me out for coffee, anybody <laughs> of our listeners, and talk about what it's like to be Generation Jones, I'm happy to share that perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. And really, that's reflecting on what judgments are we making? What judgments are you making about other generations? How is that showing up in your language and in your attitudes? 
And how can you change that? So, I mean, the reality is, so moving on to reality, you know, we are all different and this is okay. There's no one generation better than the other. There's no right versus a wrong. There's tons of similarities, but we need engagement from everyone. You know, how can you appreciate and value that experience that a traditional may bring? And as a traditional, how can you appreciate and value the the innovation and the enthusiasm that uh, a Gen Z may bring. So that's great. I really like that whole idea of, you know, having that reality and, and those things that you just mentioned, Joanne. And I think out of that, it helps us to really realign. So for that, when it comes to generational differences, for me, it's about really challenging my thinking about different generations and really being focused on, on, the strengths and the positives and not getting into, like you said at the very beginning, that stereotyping that we can fall into and just, oh, well, they're millennials or they're baby boomers or whatever it is, just getting away from that kind of language that pigeonholes people instead of focusing on their strengths and and just being aware that you may have those biases about different generations. It's more about communicating and when I did this training uh, a little while ago at the end of the day the message was don't just assume that all gen y's are motivated in the same way or by the same thing has some kind of understanding in the context in which they grew up in but at the end of the day it's all about having individual conversations with people to learn from them learn what motivates them or whatever sits you know if you're managing a team what what motivates each of your team members Um, rather than just kind of putting labels on. So, yeah, I like that. Good. Well, when we started this podcast, we had a certain generation or two in mind. We felt that we could speak most clearly to women in our generations, you know, the women who have had a bit of life experience and have a certain perspective. But we were always very aware that we would have people listening to our program from different generations as well. And we do. We have, we have people who listen to us that are millennials. And we really appreciate their input, their comments, and their feedback as well. And I think it helps us as we're thinking about our content to be broader and to be more inclusive. And like we said at the beginning, the generalizations. I think, Sandy, as we progress throughout the years, I think the next thing we're going to hear is millennials are going to be splitting off into a couple of different groups and generational research will start to change and adapt, I think. Yeah. Great. This is a really interesting conversation today. Have a great week and we look forward to tuning in next time. Hi Life Reframers, did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.